and girls of every age. Wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This our town of Hello again, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Animation Fascination. This is actually our first holiday special for Halloween. Uh, my name is Mark Weber, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! And today we have a very special guest host, Tim Buell, who is the one of the hosts for, for showing the Golden Briefcase. Hey, Tim. Guys, thank you for having me. Really appreciate coming on. Uh, and if you guys haven't listened to his podcast before it's it's great it's all about movies and uh, i think if you like movies you'll you'll like that podcast as well so definitely check so, it out so. <laughs> thank you very much uh and if you haven't listened to our podcast before our podcast focuses on the entire world of animation so each episode we feature an animated series or film from the past or present whether it's traditionally hand-drawn computer generated or stop motion if it's animated we discuss it uh so to kind of start off the show today, we're going to start with our reviews like we usually do. Uh, and the first one, I know neither of you have probably seen, so I'm going to kind of try to talk about it as fast as I can. Uh, it's <laughs> one of Disney's uh, fairy movies, the Tinkerbell's Secret of the Wings. And what what I will say for these movies is that they could be like a, a whole lot worse than, than they are. Oh my god. So it's it's Tinkerbell's Secret of the Wings. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't say I've I've seen that yet. Sounds delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, this is like it's uh, all the films that they've done for Tinkerbell so far are like prequels to what happens to her before the Peter Pan film, and like you can understand what she's saying and she speaks and whatnot, and. So this is the the fourth film that they've done, and in in this one she finds out that she has a sister, uh, which you you never see again at least in Peter Pan. So I don't know <laughs> if in the, the next movie they're gonna kill her off after introducing her. But uh, but what does make these movies at least watchable though is that John Lasseter is involved by producing them. So they don't feel just like like money grabs for Disney, you know, putting these movies out. They actually do have somewhat decent stories to them and the animation is is really beautiful in it so if anything it's a good th thing to play on your blu-ray player and your, and your nice tv to show as a demo for how nice tv your tv can look i do remember seeing the trailer for this actually uh just like in target or something like that and yeah the animation style does look really nice i don't i don't think it's something i would ever pick up but yeah it does look like they uh they did spend a little bit of time on the look at least of the movie yeah I mean, and the voice cast is, is pretty good, too. Timothy Dalton does the voice of oh, one nice. of the characters in there. And uh, Mae Whitman, who you guys may remember from from Scott Pilgrim and Arrested yeah. Development, and is now also doing the voice of April on the New Ninja Turtle show. She does the voice of Tinkerbell. So there's a pretty good cast uh, voice cast in there, at least. So that's kind of cool, too. Uh, so we're going to... that's That came out on Blu-ray this past week. So if you're into Tinkerbell, check it out. Uh, but that's Tinkerbell. Uh, the the next thing we're going to talk about is Flintstones uh, Primetime Special Volume 1 DVD came out recently. And one of the things on there that's going with our theme of the show this, today is the Flintstones meet Rockula and Frankenstein. Hmm. And 
I I hadn't remembered seeing this before I popped it in and watched it, but I guess I had seen it on, on TV at some point when I was a kid. And in in classic Flintstone style, you have to add a rock or like stone to someone's name or to a city, so it, it goes with that. So that's why mm-hmm. Count Dracula becomes Count Rockula, and Frankenstein is Frankenstein, and Rock Sylvania. Mm-hmm. So if if anything. I can't really say that they're clever in, in naming things on Flintstones to kind of make them, I mm-hmm. guess, fit the the Flintstones universe. But in that, uh, the Flintstones and the Rebels went a trip on a like a make a deal kind of game show, and they head to Rocksylvania, and there they they meet, like I said, uh, Rockula and Frankenstein, and hilarity ensues and whatnot. But basically, that that is all that's on the DVD. It's just that. Uh, and I mean, it's it was when they did primetime specials for the Flintstones was at, which was after like many years of different spinoffs that they had done for like the Pebbles and Bam Bam show and like all all that on So it's and they so they would they would do these as like hour long specials on TV. And have, have you guys seen <laughs> seen this before? Do you remember? I, I recall seeing it I when I was younger. I, I barely recall it, like you know what it was about or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I've seen it before, but I don't really remember. I saw this, you know, on the dock before we started the show, and I'm like, I I need to see this again. So I, I'm gonna watch it actually after we're done tonight. So and I posted it. Uh, Matt sent me a link, and I posted it on there. So if you want to check it out, to Tim, and I'll put it on the show notes for everybody else to check out as well. Nice. Uh, and the, the next thing is uh, happiness is peanuts. Uh, line that Warner's putting out of Snoopy and uh, basically the Peanuts Gang's stuff, and this one is called Go Snoopy Go, and it has it's spring training Charlie Brown on there, and then it has five episodes of the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. Uh, and I really remember the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show because I think that was the series that was on when, when I was a kid. I don't remember what channel it was on, but I remember watching it multiple times. And one of the things that's one of the episodes that was on here that I remember a lot from when I was a kid is one where it's a rainy day and Charlie Brown is trying to raise the spirits of his his baseball team. And have you guys seen either of these before the spring training or any of the episodes or Charlie Brown Snoopy show? I have seen the spring training one. Uh, my my wife's uh, father, so my father in law actually is. Uh, he's like the biggest peanuts fan ever, so he tends to have the stuff playing at his house all the time. So I have caught the uh, spring training one kind of recently, actually. Sorry, no, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of these. Um, I'll definitely check them out. And Tim, actually, we talked about it last week. What are your your thoughts about them doing the the new peanuts movie? Um, you know, I I don't have too much. Uh, loyalty to peanuts so like I'm, I'm not you know up in arms about anyone trying to redo it or anything i think a lot of older properties especially in the animation category certainly have room for improvement or kind of rehashing if you will so um i, I don't know I'll, we'll just have to see what happens with it I, I thought the news was i was kind of indifferent to it but could be cool yeah could be really bad too <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right guys so those are the the dvd reviews for this week uh from there we're going to get into our new segment uh, the first thing we're kind of kind of jump ahead to the the next holiday, which would be Thanksgiving, and we you know how we always have a bunch of Halloween specials for animated things on TV and and for Christmas, but there's never really any Thanksgiving ones, mm-hmm. uh, which I would I would like to see like a, a sequel to a Nightmare Before Christmas maybe where where they touch on touch on that. And I remember hearing 
some kind of idea Tim Burton had for that at one point where he thought that would be the most horrific uh, <laughs> holiday land of them all because you see a bunch of turkeys that are just there to get killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this film, Called Turkeys, is supposed to be starring Owen Wilson and Woody Harrelson, and it's been in development since 2010. And it's what it says from the site uh, is it's in a reverent, hilarious, adventurous buddy comedy. Two turkeys from opposite sides of the tracks must put aside their differences and team up to travel back in time to change the course of history and get turkey up the menu for good. What? So, so just from that premise, what, what do you guys think of this movie? <laughs> it literally does nothing for me. That plot synopsis and... I didn't see Hotel Transylvania. I kind of didn't really care to uh, because I have a kind of a general disdain for anything Adam Sandler's involved with. So <laughs> I, I didn't care to check it out. So I don't know. Maybe it was. Uh, did you guys see Transylvania? Because that's out already, right? Yeah. Okay. It, was it any good? Like uh, as a film? Uh, I, I thought it, it was. It was okay. I mean, it, it's not something I would I would rush to go see again. Gotcha. And yeah. and I. I've since I've seen Frankenweenie as well. I was, I wish that they were kind of switched at the box office where mm. Frankenweenie was doing better and Hotel Transylvania was the one that wasn't doing well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was excited to see it because uh, Jenny Tartakovsky was involved with it, and like I had liked the other projects he had done, like the the Clone War, the original hand drawn animation Clone Wars that he did. I liked that a lot, and I liked his, his style for that. So. Uh, that's what I was looking forward to with that. So I guess, I guess kind of segueing off that, there the next thing in our our news is that they're going to be pushing another short out for Hotel Transylvania, apparently only to Regal theaters though, so, hmm. which is is kind of interesting. And I, but I'm sure it'll be on the the DVD and Blu-ray when it comes out. And it's done in his like traditional hand-drawn animation, and it's kind of shows how Bigfoot gets to the hotel and whatnot. And the stills I've seen from it look pretty cool, and I must wish that the film had been done in that style rather than the CG animation. So, I mean, I would, I am looking forward to seeing this Goodnight Mr. Foot short, but I guess I'll, we'll probably have to wait until DVD or Blu-ray. But Matt, I think you have a regal probably near you though. So. Yeah, I do. I'll I'll probably go and see it. Yeah. So yeah, if you've seen Hotel Transylvania, yeah, I don't even know what word I just said there. <laughs> uh if you've seen hotel transylvania definitely if if you liked it enough go see it again to at least go see the short i guess uh and then the next thing on here i just wanted to kind of get your guys thoughts on this was uh at a screening for robert max's new film flight uh, someone asked him about mars needs moms and he's quoted as saying mars needs moms is the best 3d movie since avatar <laughs> wow sorry <laughs> yeah champ okay yeah I, I don't know if i agree with that <laughs> that's all i'll say <laughs> i think yeah. Bo- uh, bobby zemeckis is a little out of his uh element here so yeah <laughs> you know uh, it, in his mind he may think that you know it is the best 3d movie since avatar but um i will disagree <laughs> He's certainly uh, entitled to his opinion, but his opinion yeah. is wrong. That's that's what we'll say. <laughs> yeah, and and definitely some of his his CG, the, you know, like motion capture films aren't among the best of the films in his uh, filmography, because. But yeah, uh, I, I would say that the best movie he's still made is still Back to the Future, but 
Definitely, um, Mars Needs Moms is definitely not the best 3D since Avatar. Yeah. Uh, and going from talking about 3D movies, uh, our the first trailer that we're going to talk about this week is a a German made uh, another take on Tarzan and Tarzan 3D, and it's also done with motion capture. Uh, so, did you guys get a chance to watch this trailer, and what do you guys think about it? Yeah, I, I did see it. Um, I was uh, I was not impressed at all. I thought I thought the uh, you, when you when you link the show notes, you had it to our uh, first showing.net article where Alex basically wrote up that he wasn't impressed. So I watched the footage and he's right. It looks like a uh, PlayStation one video game and uh, just is like not impressive. And I wonder if it is, you know, it, it's a German produced thing. I wonder if their budget is smaller. Their technology is lesser. You know, there's a lot of elements that could be going into it that we just don't know about, which is fine. I have no problem forgiving that. But uh, I guess they've been like spending like years on this. It just doesn't oh, show. Wow. It just does not look good. I don't know. It, it it falls to me. It falls under that category of uncanny valley. Like it's not like completely like realistic looking, and it's got like that kind of just three D. Like I, I sat there with uh, my girlfriend when I watched it, and she was like, "It looks like the house of wax that came to life. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's creepy. Yeah. I don't like it." And. and- when when I was watching that, what's funny is like they actually there's a, a making of thing that Alex also posted underneath it. I was actually more entertained watching that than I was the trailer because I, I thought that was interesting to watch like how they were actually trying to film different things for it and how they had parkour guys doing the stuff for Tarzan and like the things they would add to the people uh, acting as the gorillas where they had like these huge butts on so they would actually sit like a real gorilla i guess mm-hmm. and this guy getting into the essentially turning himself into a gorilla and it, it was i don't know, i thought that that was interesting but they they t- even talk about the on An- Kalani valley and that and they said that they didn't want to get to the head so oh, they uh, did. yeah so it's kind of funny that you mentioned that they did even though they didn't want to do that so i guess that's one thing that they failed at <laughs> I feel like that tends to happen though. Whenever people mention the uncanny Valley, they're in it and they're like, ah, shucks. Like, you know, we didn't think about this and it just never looks that good. I don't, that's, and that's probably my biggest problem I have with animation and motion capture is I I feel like they spend far too much time trying to make it look real instead of just trying to stylize it themselves. And like, that's a big problem that I've always had with uh, any of, you know, yeah, Robert Zemeckis stuff uh, like Polar Express to me is just so creepy looking. And like, you know, and I get that a lot of people can get past that and they don't think it looks that bad. But I don't know, to me, every time I see things like that, it just comes off as just looking really strange. And yeah, uncanny to use their word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be- Beowulf, I think, is the one that looks the creepiest, like the the characters in that, because they try oh, yeah. to make it look so realistic, apart from you know like all the supernatural stuff having in it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next thing I actually am, I think the animation in this looks looks great. The, a French film called Ernest and Celestine. What I liked about it is that it looks like a children's book, uh, like the art in a children's book, mm-hmm. essentially come to life and animated and it just basically looks exactly like that so if you can if you can imagine that that's how this this film looks and i'm looking forward to to an english version of the trailer i mean i took some french in high school and college but i don't remember enough of it to really understand what they're saying in the trailer hmm. uh but apart from that i think again like what alex said on on your site because i got i found the trailer there as well is that it does kind of remind me of ratatouille where it's like like a, a mouse kind of hanging out with somebody they're not really supposed to be friends with and 
what their friendship does for both of them and how it kind of benefits both of them. It's, it's very like a painterly looking style to yeah. it, which I think is nice. It almost reminds me of like where the wild things are kind of illustrations. It's, it's pretty neat. Sure. Yeah. I was just going to echo that. I just think, I think the animation style is probably what, I mean, the trailers in French, you can't really understand anything unless, unless you're fluent. Um, but I, I thought it still looked really cool and I, I'd be very intrigued to kind of see the, the, you know, subtitle version of that same trailer at some point. Definitely. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to way more than, than the Tarzan film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then from there today, we're going to get into our recommendations. Uh, the f- first one, my recommendation is a film called Thought of You by Ryan J. Woodard. Uh, I found this on, on Vimeo, and it's a hand-drawn animated film, which the, the style for it's pretty cool because it, it looks like it's done like with like a rough kind of like layout animation, but it's the final animation for the film. And it's just cool how the animation flows together. It's these uh, man and woman dancing together. And at different points, their, their bodies kind of intertwine and become like one thing. And it's there's a bunch of uh, stretch and squash going on in it. And I, I just really enjoyed watching it. And it plays really well with the music that's played alongside of it as well. What did you guys think of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty, very cool. I mean, yeah, just to echo what you said, I, I, I like I like seeing those different elements come together in that little thing. And is yeah, I would certainly tell people to check this out. It's only like, you know, three and a half minutes long too. So it's, yeah, yeah. worth your time. Yeah, I, I, when I, I've seen this before, actually, when you sent me the link, um, just, I think I've seen it in one of my animation classes, but uh, I thought it was pretty neat. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it looks like it's rotoscoped, like, um, call out rotoscopers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool just the stylistically, like how it was done and like the stylistic elements of like shapes, you know, moving in and out. And uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Cool. Uh, and then we're going to get, what's your recommendation for the week, Matt? All right. So um, those of you who have Netflix, um, there's two uh, DreamWorks specials that I stumbled upon this week because they had... You know, they come out with, like, the seasons uh, on Netflix. So now, like, we're in the Halloween season. They have, like, that whole section of, like, uh, Halloween movies. And uh, I stumbled upon... I didn't even know these were out. Um, but I think you heard of these, right, Mark? Yeah, I've, I've seen most of these because some of them had been on, like, NBC at one point. Or, like, some of them are... They've released on DVD here and there. But, but yeah, uh, yeah it, they're DreamWorks. Uh, DreamWorks Spooky Stories. And the first, there's two volumes, actually. The first one is uh, Scared uh, Shrekless. And then there's Monsters versus Aliens, uh, Mutant Pumpkins. And then on the Spooky uh, Stories Volume 2, they have here, um, and I just watched this one last night, actually, Night of the Living Carrots. For, uh, that was the Monsters versus Aliens with Bob. And then there's Bob's Big Break. And then they have Megamind in there with uh, the Button of Doom. And then they have, they go back to the Shrek series again and do the Pig uh, the pig Who Cried Werewolf. I thought these were uh, pretty good. Like, I didn't even realize they're out. And when I stumbled upon them, I'm like, awesome. Totally awesome. So <laughs> so definitely check it out. And it is the season. Yeah. I think the, the only one I haven't seen out of these is the Pig Who Cried Werewolf. I think that's like the newest one. So it's... It's pretty. It's pretty funny. Definitely check it out. Have you seen any either of these or any uh, of these? No, I, ha- I haven't seen them. I, I am familiar with them. I did see them pop up on Netflix. So yeah, I, I might I might have to make time for these because yeah, I, I like a lot of the DreamWorks properties, uh, especially the animation. So I know 
no, it's not like everyone's go to. Of course, people like the Pixar and the Disney more, but I, I still have a soft spot for some of the DreamWorks stuff. So I'll, I'll probably check this out. Oh, and we kind of talked about this last week is uh, they're doing a Toy Story uh, Halloween special. that's going to come out next year. What do you think about that? Oh, that's cool. I, I I love the Toy Story universe like most people, so I you know I'm always down for more of that. And it's gonna take place in a hotel, so I'm only I'm 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 very much assuming that Leon Rick is gonna want to be associated with that and do it, yeah. a, a ton of Shining references in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I will not complain about. I'll be, be very pleased with that. Uh oh yeah, actually I'm gonna add one more thing. If you guys haven't seen this week's episode of South Park, definitely check that out. Uh. It was this first like Halloween special they've kind of done in a while, uh, and what they touch on it after. I was a former blockbuster employee and I worked there for like seven and a half years. For that episode for me, really hit close, but because of all the stuff that they make fun of in there is pretty on point to to what like I went through as I was working there, and I almost feel like like Trey or, or Matt worked at, at blockbuster at one point from watching that episode but it was, it was funny to watch that and and there's some shining references in there as well so mm. so definitely check that out if you haven't seen that yet as well too very cool awesome uh and what, what you're going to be recommending this week tim um i was trying to think of some animation related that i've been enjoying lately and at first i was kind of like racking my brain like I've, I've, it's, it's october i've been watching horror movies that's all i've been watching and then i realized you can never not talk about Adventure Time, and I know you guys have—I guarantee you guys have brought it up on the show before. But um, yeah, this is uh, Pendleton Ward's show that he does for Cartoon Network. Uh, basically, follows Finn and Jake, boy and dog, in this kind of post-apocalyptic fantasy land on Earth. And uh, it—I I can never speak highly enough of this show because I think, especially for people in our kind of neck of the woods, the the nerds, if you will, this show is literally catered right to us. And like uh, every episode has got a reference to uh, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, or something like that, and video games, and you know. There's just so much cool nerdy stuff packed into these little 10 minute episodes that are essentially targeted for kids. But I feel like, and I said this on my show too, when I recommended it, but I think the Pendleton Warden company, when they kind of made this show, they wanted to make something that kids would love because of the, the visual style and some of the slapstick uh, silly humor that it has. But they also wanted to put all these really cool references for their parents or, you know, older siblings or something, whoever's hanging out with the kid at the time so they can watch the show and get something out of it. So Adventure Time is great. I know you guys have probably already sang the praises for it, but uh, totally yeah. awesome. Yeah, can never speak highly enough of Adventure Time. Yeah, I, I love Adventure Time. My son loves Adventure Time too. <laughs> uh, and the the only thing is, I, I wish Cartoon Network would put their shows out on Blu-ray because the show is only on DVD, and I've seen episodes of this in HD, and the show. Oh, it looks great. Yeah, it definitely HD. benefits from the H HDness of like the bright colors and whatnot, and. I just wish that Cartoon Network put, would put out on Blu-ray because because then I would definitely pick it up and and have it in my collection. But mm -hmm. yeah, if if you guys haven't seen Adventure Time before, you should definitely check that out. It's it's definitely for uh, the ADD generation <laughs> because because of like the the twelve minute episodes, kind of referring back to like what I was used to as a kid with like Rugrats or Doug, where they would do like two episodes, an episode, you know, really, you know, you had two stories i guess so it, it, uh, yeah adventure time's awesome 
No, no, I'm glad you brought up the the episode length. Like I, I did too. It's like the 10 minutes are perfect too. Like I, my, my workplace is literally like a mile from my, my home. And so I come home for lunch every day and sometimes I'm just like in the mood to watch something and I'm like, you can throw in a couple adventure time episodes, you know, and I'll still have time to get some dessert before I leave. Like it's just perfect, you know, for just some quick rapid fire ADD fueled, you know, uh, nerdage, go to adventure time. It's the way to do it. Yeah. So check that out if you haven't ever seen the show. And if you haven't, uh, actually, right now on iTunes, uh, Cartoon Network is, has their 20th uh, birthday going on right now. So a lot of episodes of their different shows on are on there for free. And Adventure Time actually has two episodes on there for free right now. So, oh, nice. so yeah, if you haven't seen it, out. go download it for free. A little sampler, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so from there, we're going to get into our main topic for the week. Our spooky, spooktacular Halloween uh, favorites of animated series that we've seen from the past and animated films. So I figured the thing that we should start off with by obvious choice would be the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror specials. Mm. Uh, I'm going to let you start off with this, Tim, to kind of give your thoughts about your your love for the simpsons treehouse of horror yeah uh, i mean yeah full disclosure i actually don't watch the simpsons per se i don't watch the episodes however i always check out the treehouse of horror episodes because i know that the creators are big nerds just like i am and they love horror movies especially classics like poltergeist and and, and you know stuff like that and i love every single year tuning in to watch these because even though i don't watch a lot of the episodes in between not to say i haven't seen tons of them because i have it's just not a show i've watched all the way through um the treehouse of horror episodes have always been really uh, just a kind of a treat because you get to see just reference after reference thrown at you with the Simpsons characters. And it's usually done in a really admirable sort of tongue in cheek uh, sort of homage method. And I just, I love watching them every year and I think they're really cool. I haven't, I haven't gotten to see this year's yet, but I'm pretty sure I've seen like the last, I want to say like seven or eight of them. Like I've seen most of the ones in, in my adult life, I would say, but yeah, they're always a, a real you know joy, especially as a horror fan to kind of see all of those different horror ideologies brought down into the simpsons universe and kind of just let it rip and it's fun <laughs> definitely what are your thoughts matt yeah i need to check out the la- the latest one i have not seen the latest one but every year this is just like the treat like as halloween you know rolls around it's like all right simpsons treehouse of horror so i get really into it awesome totally awesome uh, and what's, what's nice this year it was actually on before halloween because yeah. the, the past few years they've they've been on like the second week of of november for some reason with like the scheduling how it worked out but weird and i think they even made fun of it one year because they knew that they were going to be on after halloween so like in the opening and they're like why are we even doing this it's it's a week after halloween (laughs) but yeah i I watched i just watched this year's i think last week and there's some great stuff in there there's a back to the future reference at one point so i loved that uh and they hit on the the mayan uh end of the end of the world thing coming up this year uh, and, and there's some other great stuff in there too. And I actually downloaded all 23 Trios of Horrors this past week so I could watch all of them. And I, the, the best, one of the best ones is still that Shining one that they did like way back. I think I think it was yeah. the first one. Uh, and which actually where Treehouse of Horror comes from because that one they is actually Bart and Lisa in the Treehouse telling these stories. Uh, and I think one of the other favorites I had was the Homer uh, Cubed. Where Homer gets sent to like these alternate, alternate realities and becomes CG animated, and, and Bart is in that one as well. So it was cool to, to see the Simpsons CG animated way back when. And then by the end of that, you know, he's in the real world. So it's cool yeah, to, 
And, and the, actually, the uh, Treehouse of Horrors is also where they introduced the the two aliens as well, too. And they're, they're usually in, in every single one of these specials that they do. So, is there, if you haven't watched these, I'm assuming someone's at least seen one of the shorts at some point or time in the past. And they're definitely worth checking out every year. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is from our childhood, Ah, Real Monsters. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, the Nicktoons that was on. Uh, and I remember I just, I liked this a lot when I was a kid. I thought it was cool. And uh, there is, I thought Ickus was awesome. The, the, you know, the bunny rabbit, uh, red rabbit looking type thing. Uh, then you had Ickus with his, his armpit hair and holding up his eyeballs and whatnot. But yeah, what do, what do you what did you guys think about our real monsters when you were kids? I loved it when I was a kid. I I, I never actually had uh, I I can't say never. When I was a lot younger, we actually didn't have cable at our house or TV, and so every time I'd go to either my grandparents' house or like a family friend, they would always have the TV on because they all you know they had kids my age and stuff. And Nickelodeon was always on, so we got to see things like yeah, Hey Arnold, and then uh, you know. Rocky's Modern Life and stuff like that. So, you know, All Real Monsters was always on, too. And I always I found it disturbing in like a really creepy little like kid <laughs> way. Uh, but, I, you know, I still I I continuously would go back and watch it and be like, oh, I gotcha. And, you know, it's like oh, it's just it brings back good memories now every time I think of All Real Monsters. Good stuff. Definitely. Yeah, this this was definitely one of those after school specials for me. Like I'd come home after school and I'd just turn on the TV and I knew this was coming on. And it, I think it, it really like uh, got to me when I was younger because like I think it was it like Crumb was always the one like with the, the gas, you know, like yeah. the farting and the burping. Yep. And it was like that it was like that time of, you know, when I was younger, when my mom was always like, you know, be polite and yeah. just to get to see, you know, rude and you know that kind of stuff like on tv you know farting burping on tv it just i loved it (laughs) that was funny then that was funny then and it's still funny now when we're we're in our our late 20s so So, (laughs) it was just that you know young rebellion i get to watch it on tv it was it was great so i I really like this uh the the next one we're going to kind of chat about is the the real ghostbusters uh, which this one is very close to my heart because when when I was a kid I was obsessed with the show I I've found a bunch of photos of me like when I was a kid uh, where I've got like the sweat sweatshirt on with matching sweatpants that has like the Ghostbusters logo on it I had a, a cake for my birthday that was the Ghostbusters logo mm-hmm. I remember drinking like, essentially nothing but Ecto Cooler for uh, <laughs> like three years and I wish that it still existed. Oh yeah, uh, I totally forgot about that stuff. Jeez, yeah, Ecto Cooler is amazing. Uh, I mean, I I, I think High C kind of still sells Ecto Cooler. It's just not green anymore. It's mm. it's like their orange beverage, but it tastes exactly the same. But yeah, the real Ghostbusters. And the reason it was called the real Ghostbusters is that there was a, a show. I don't I don't remember exactly when this original show was on, but it was called Ghostbusters, but it had nothing to do with like the film yeah i remember that as well it was like completely unrelated and you're like huh yeah so they they had a basically oh yeah it was filmations from night from the 1970s ghostbusters uh mm-hmm. and they basically had to add the real part so they want to get sued so i guess it was it's kind of a, like a weird legal thing for why they had to do that but the, the voice cast and this is pretty cool too arsenio hall uh uh did the voice of uh, man i can i'm was it Zedmore in the from the films Ernie Hudson? I'm trying to remember. Hold yeah, on. I couldn't tell you. 
Fortunately, my Ghostbusters, uh, you know, yeah. all right, well, is not rapid on my tongue. <laughs> like some, most of the characters kind of looked like their film counterparts, but not necessarily like, uh, because uh, Egon looked a lot like, like uh, Harold Ramis. Yeah, Harold Ramis. I don't know yeah, why yeah. His, his name was not coming to my my mouth for sure. And, and you, you said Ernie Hudson, right? For for Zedmore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you were right. Well done. <laughs> Good. Cool. Uh, and then Dave Coulier, uh, Uncle Joey. I believe did the voice of none other than Bill Murray's character from the film, uh, Venkman. So it's cool to see him in there. And I mean, yeah, this show I just loved when I was a kid. Do you guys remember watching this at all when you were younger as well, too? I didn't watch this one as much probably as our real monsters. Uh, I do recall it being on, you know, ever so often because, uh, you know, once we did get TV at, at my, my parents' place, we would just like, you know, it would be on, I think it was on what ABC originally. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you know, this and a couple other shows on ABC would periodically come on and, being that i was a, a mini horror nerd at the time i would always want to like you know yeah it's got ghosts but then it, it would always be sillier than i wanted it to be there would be no gore or anything like that so i wouldn't get into it as much but yeah i, I do recall this being on i don't think it was one that i watched too often though Matt. yeah the, the, the most that i think i remember this series was like the title sequence just you know like the ghostbusters theme song you know like coming on and just yeah. the, the, the whole title sequence is just really i don't remember any of the episodes but that's the only thing i remember because it's just so iconic I remember in, in the series, they kind of played off the fact that Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man were, like, more popular with kids. So you had, like, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, like, essentially marching down the, the streets of New York City and, like, the opening with the Ghostbusters theme song playing. And then, like, Slimer yeah. was, like, a huge character in the, the show, and that's why they ended up making the, the Ecto-Cooler. I think I had a bunch of action figures from this, too. Like, <laughs> I remember I had the Proton Pack, and I had the, the, the trap on the ground, and... I thought it was Ghostbuster, and it was awesome. Uh, and actually, I saw that uh, IGN back in 2009 did a list of the top 100 best animated TV shows, and this was number 22 on it. So, pretty cool. Hmm. And actually, th there was one DV DVD set that they did for Ghostbusters. I remember where they had the first and the second film in there, and they actually had some episodes from the cartoon series on there. So I was excited about that when that happened, too. Uh, the next one, I, I bet neither of you have probably seen, but I, I remember seeing a few episodes of this when it was on UPN. Yes, UPN. <laughs> uh, it was the animated series for The Mummy, which in this series was based off the, the Brendan Fraser, uh, Rachel Wise Mummy Ant series. Did either of you ever see this at all? I, I didn't watch it. I, I certainly was aware of it, though, because yeah, it was on UPN, which... <laughs> For for me, it was channel 13, and I would always like, yeah, no, there's never anything good on that channel, so I'd just skip it, but yeah. I can't remember ever, uh, yeah, seeing this. Sorry. I never watched it, at least, <laughs> yet. Uh, what is kind of to be commended for is, though, is, uh, yeah, John Schneider, uh, a.k.a. Bo Duke and uh, Jonathan Kent did the voice of Rick O'Connell. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Tom Kenny, who everybody knows as SpongeBob now, was... Uh, rick's wife's brother jonathan in the show too so i mean i, had, I guess i had that going for it uh kevin michael richardson who's another big voice actor uh did the voice of the minotaur on the show and i mean this this the show it had their son on it from the mummy returns and it, it kind of happens after the mummy returns i guess chronologically and emotep comes back again somehow um <laughs> And like that's basically like the series, like they're they're in the uh, the Zeppelin from the second movie, traveling around, and 
and basically getting rid of all the, the bad things that Emochapter has to do in each and every episode. So, I mean, I guess they were trying to harkens back, harkens? Harken back to, like, I guess, like older animated series and whatnot with having an adventure each and every episode like that. But, yeah, I guess <laughs> it's definitely not worth recommending to anybody. So, I mean, unless you're a huge <laughs> fan of the Brendan Fraser uh, film series, then I maybe check this out. But I can't ever see really trying to get someone to watch this again. <laughs> Uh, the next thing is the classic character of Casper, the friendly ghost, uh, from the, way back from the, the, the Flusher cartoons for Casper. And did you guys see these at all when you were a kid? I did not see them, no. I might've caught like a couple episodes, but they're not really, yeah. it's not too familiar. I, I saw a few of these, like, at, like after I watched the, the Spielberg produced, uh, live action Casper movie because I, I was like huge in a Casper after that for some reason. Uh, but yeah, like that Casper I never really watched. But then they they did some CG uh, series after that that were supposed to they did they did that Christina Ritchie Casper or film and then they did like two other Casper films that I guess weren't remotely connected to that because for various reasons. But like those animated series that they did. Like now that we're CG, I guess we're supposed to take place in that that same world. And the only way I would recommend these is if you liked really bad animation. So <laughs> definitely check those out if you like bad animation. Uh, the next one is a '90s cartoon that I bet all of us have seen as well, and it was on ABC. It was Disney produced, and it was Gargoyles. Yeah, Gargoyles. <laughs> I watched this one a lot when I was a kid, actually. And the more when I when I was looking at the show notes, I was I was like racking my brains like you got to at least remember one episode. Dude, I can't remember a single episode. I just remember <laughs> I watched the hell out of the show when I was a kid. And I, I was probably too young to really like think, hey, you should store away these memories so you could access them later on a podcast. But no, it's it was it was something I would always watch you know, with my little brother. And, and he, he was always like scared, but he would never want to admit it. So we would just, you know, be watching and stuff. But Gargoyles was always really fun when I was younger. That's awesome. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts of Gargoyles? It, I mean, I remember, like, hearing about it. I remember seeing it, but I can't remember a damn thing about it. Exactly. <laughs> all, all I can remember is that that the the characters of the Gargoyles were, I don't know, they were, they were good. Most of them were good guys. It was kind of yeah. almost like Transformers yeah. where, like, there's some good guy ones and there's bad guy ones. And, like something happens to them in the past, like you know, during like the Renaissance and whatnot, and they all get frozen as gar like stone gargoyles on different buildings and whatnot. And then when they wake up, whatever year the what was it ninety uh, seven, ninety six, yeah, the year that was supposed to be in New York City when they wake up and they're like kind of broken free from that spell, and they kind of have to deal with like the you know being in, in our world nowadays i remember that but other than that i can't remember anything either about it but i do remember i liked it and recently they this past week or so was the 30th anniversary of the show premiering on on abc so hmm. that's pretty yeah. cool too and if if you guys the culture impact from this is that if you guys have you guys ever seen the spectacular spider-man tv show uh once or twice wasn't something i watched frequently though uh one of the one of the writers from Gargoyles who also wrote on that at one point Spider-Man 
And one of the episodes in that is swinging by a few gargoyle statues, and two of them resemble Hudson and Broadway from <laughs> from the Gargoyles TV show. So, and actually, the the first few seasons of this are on DVD too. So, if if you like Gargoyles enough, or you want to go purchase that DVD, definitely go pick it up. Nice. I I wish they would add like a bunch of the stuff to Netflix Instant though. Like a lot of these would definitely benefit from from being on there as well too. Uh, the next thing is Beetlejuice, which was the animated series based on Tim Burton's film. Uh, and I remember, I remember one of the DVDs I released for this had a few episodes of the cartoon on there. And from, from, as a kid, I remember this show more than I remembered the movie, because I don't think I actually had seen the movie maybe until like like eight years ago. But I remember this a lot from when I was a kid, like with... Uh, all the different things that they did for this show and whatnot. What do you guys remember about Beetlejuice? I, I don't think I ever watched it because I, I did see, you know, the I saw the movie. It was a while ago. I mean, I, I was probably 10 or 11 when mm-hmm. I saw it and I thought it was cool. I, I, I wasn't super into it, but then I do remember the show being on but I, I remembered kind of my mixed feelings about the, the movie. And so I don't think I ever tuned into it. Uh, I've actually I remember this one. <laughs> I, I remember watch this was another like I think this might have been a close knit with the Aubrey Monsters like I remember this after like this was one of those after school things for me where I came home and I actually watched this like a lot I actually remember a bunch of the episodes too as soon as I you know clicked on and I remembered uh, like the style like just the, the imagery it just brought back like a flash of just like all the episodes I remember watching and do you remember Mark where there was like the one episode where it was like they were building. Like, I don't know, like, I just, random things, like, where he's, like, competing, like, with castles. Like, he had, like, this crazy house, right? Or yeah. Or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. like, because they, they went to the, the underworld a lot in it, like, more <laughs> often than they did in the film. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, did, I do remember, like, a ton of these episodes, and I remember being really into it. But, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for uh, reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Beetlejuice, uh, I remember it, I want to say it was on, was it on Nickelodeon? I think so. I think it was. And, and that's more, yeah, I, th- I think this is definitely more what I associate Beetlejuice with, other than the film, when, when I think of Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> I, I think we said it three times and he never showed up, so. Not here, yep. Uh, it's worth mentioning the the thing that they did on Community with Beetlejuice too, with the first three seasons of that show. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Matt, do you know do you know what we're talking about? I know the Community. I I haven't been able to watch any of it yet. That they they said Beetlejuice once each season on that show, and then yeah. uh, the third time they set out on the show, all of a sudden on the it was a Halloween episode. You see a guy dressed as Beetlejuice walk through the background right after they say it the third time. <laughs> pretty fantastic stuff yeah. totally yeah. awesome uh and the next thing is and i know all of us have watched this when we were kids is scooby-doo mm. the quintessential monster cartoon mystery tv show what are what are your best memories of scooby-doo and its various spin-offs and incarnations and whatnot I think for me scooby-doo was always kind of the uh universal monsters-esque 
kind of homage, you know, to to old old school monster movies. And I always loved it. I, I, I still watch it all the time whenever it's on TV and stuff and I'm not doing anything. I'm like, ah, it's good. Good old Scooby Doo. Let's watch it. But I, I liked whenever they started, you know, pumping different characters into it and stuff like that, like from all other universes. And, you know, it, it was always like one of those things where ordinarily sometimes you get a little like weirded out whenever you'd see. I'm trying to think of like, gosh, who was uh, Batman? Yeah, yeah, Batman for sure. Yeah, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, 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 Harlem. Glo- <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is just weird. But at the same time, you don't really care that much because it's awesome. And so, yeah, I, I, I Gilligan. always love Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, they had they had so many weird cameos in Scooby Doo. Like, how come you're gonna get Gilligan off the island, Scooby Doo? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was like numerous, numerous amounts of spinoffs for this. There was Scooby Doo. Where are you? Scooby Doo, Mystery Inc., Scooby Doo, and Scrappy Doo. Pup named Scooby Doo, Shaggy and Scooby Doo get a clue. Yeah, there's there's tons of them. So many different things from this, but uh, and and I guess like in the the more like the the newest series that they've done with it, like they've actually played with the formula a little bit where they have Belmog <laughs> dating Shaggy, and. And like they actually like touch on like a lot of the things that people you know would make fun of that became like cliches from the show way back. And I have to hand it to Matthew Lillard who played Shaggy in the, the live action films, essentially making a good career move for himself because he's now been doing the voice of Shaggy for every single animated thing that has come out since those live action films. So that was a pretty good choice on his part, apparently. <laughs> But yeah, if you Scooby Doo is a classic, uh, and the only thing I, I will say is that Scooby Doo must have had uh, a stroke at some point because he has to, you know, say everything with R's attached to it, <laughs> or as as Scrappy Doo has perfect diction and could say everything. That never made sense correctly. Whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? Uh, and that's gonna cap our animated series that we're talking about, and the first film we're going to talk about i figured we had to start with the the most classic of all of them in it's the great pumpkin charlie brown and i'll start off with you on this matt what are your memories of it's the great pumpkin charlie brown this was another one where it's like every you know time halloween you know comes around every time every time you know october rolls around i'm like all right we got to watch the great pumpkin it's time put it in it's time Mm -hmm. let's watch it i mean i love it was, it was, I remember watching it, you know, carving pumpkins when I was little and it was just, it's one of those, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like a Christmas story for me at Christmas. Like a, you have to watch it every year, you know, it's just one of those for me. I loved it. Definitely. Tim? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. It's probably one I haven't watched as often as I'd like to, like, it's just one of those things where, you know, you've seen it enough times and after a while you're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's, we could watch it, I guess. And then sometimes you, you know, other things get in the way and so you don't get to watch it as much, but um, it, it, as I mentioned earlier, my, my father-in-law loves all of the uh, Charlie Brown and peanuts universe. So he at least once a year, will try to get us to come over and watch it, which again, I'm totally fine with it. It's, it's, it's a wonderful little, you know, uh, kind of homage and, and joy to sort of what these specific kids think about Halloween and stuff like that. So I've always really enjoyed it in that regard. I think it's great stuff. And it's one of those things that ABC or whoever has the rights to it each year will play every year without a doubt, and they'll have that that little that little time slot set aside for every single year. <laughs> and yeah. just like when Christmas comes up, they'll play it's Christmas time, Charlie Brown. And... Yep. Yep. Uh, 
All I have to say is, I got a rock. <laughs> uh the the next film we're gonna go back to head back to the uncanny valley in monster house uh, nice yep uh if, if if people have listened before we everybody knows matt's thoughts on monster house we'd like to to know what you think about monster house too um, you know, I, I've only seen it once. I saw it back when it came out. And actually, I dug it for the most part. I had a few problems with it. I thought I thought there was some uh, story elements that didn't completely work for me. But, you know, all in all, I, I think it's it's pretty harmless. And I, I kind of like uh, a lot of the people involved. And I think they went on to, to work on some really cool stuff, too. So as kind of a starting point for some of those filmmakers, I, I'm on board for Monster House. But I wouldn't say it's like a classic or anything like that, at least to me. And again, I've only seen it once. So yeah. definitely. Uh, like like you're saying, uh, when we brought up community a second ago, Dan Harmon was one of the writers for Monster yep, House. Exactly. So, so that it, it's good that he got that, was able to bring that forward and get his career. Uh, and then I like the voice cast was for this was was great too. I had Jason Lee in in there and Catherine O'Hara and Steve Buscemi, and a whole bunch of other because uh, this film had a pretty good ensemble cast of. I want to say Leslie uh, Leslie Mann did a voice in there too, but. I think it was stylized enough where it didn't really go into the Uncanny Valley. I'll let Matt talk about his opinions <laughs> again of it in a second. But it it reminded me enough of like the Goonies a bit, so yeah. so that like I don't know it it felt like a good I don't know like film to watch. And I've I've watched it a few times, but I tend to put it in maybe once every two years on halloween so but what are your thoughts on monster house yet again matt <laughs> i i think i tore this apart last year i'm gonna be a little easier on it this year because i think didn't we we talked about this on another episode and it's just i i don't i don't like it like the, <laughs> it's just it's weird because it's motion capture i think that's what it is, right? Yeah, they they did some motion capture for it, but not as much as like say Polar Express yeah. or Mo yeah, we, Mars we Needs talk... Moms, the best three D movie since Avatar. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just I don't know. There's just something stylistically that just creeps me out, and it's like the the I mean the motion capture and just the, that little bit of animation, and it just I mean I, I can't I can't look at it. I can't watch it. I can't look at it. I, I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, from from motion capture, we're gonna get into stop motion uh, with Henry some Henry Selleck and Tim Burton films. The uh, first of which is Henry Selleck directed, uh, Tim Burton produced, and essentially created Nightmare Before Christmas. This is this is like a pretty good film. That is, it's like one of those only films that you can watch at two different holidays too, because. It's it's very good to watch that this time of the year for Halloween, but it's also a good Christmas movie to watch too, which is kind of cool because not a lot of films that that are made for like holiday specific things are good for that type of thing. Uh, and this is one of my my favorite uh, films that Tim Burton was involved in, uh, and I like Jack Skellington a lot. I'm not like one of those soup you know those emo people though that like you know like they're obsessed with like Jack Skellington and. Every single thing that they have, you know, like Jack Skellington skulls over their house and whatnot. But <laughs> yeah, uh, the the music in the done by Danny Elfman in this is great, uh, and he does he does the voice of Jack in this too, I believe, and the the singing voice as well. And I, 
I mean, I just got to see this again a few weeks ago. They did a double feature of this in Frank Kinglini, and it was awesome to see it again in theaters. And actually, a few years ago, when they put it out again in 3D, I actually bought two tickets and watched it back-to-back. So that's how much I like The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, but I'll let you guys uh, share your thoughts about it now, too. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm as positive as you are about it, mainly because we've been so inundated with, yeah, the the kind of pop culture uh, love for it, which, you know, it's I love that people love a movie that much. But after a while, it's the law of diminishing value and you don't really care that much about the product anymore. You're just kind of like, all right, I get that people love this. That's all there is to it. And, you know, that's fine that everyone has that much, uh, you know, affection for it. And I, I really appreciate that. Just for me personally, it's never been something that I really, really, you know, have so much devotion to. I've seen it, you know, five or six times, of course, over the years. And uh, I'll probably leave it at that. I, I Every year when people want to watch it, I'm just kind of like, oh, all right, let's do it. It's 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 certainly not one of my favorites. So I've if you listen to my show ever, I'm kind of not the biggest Tim Burton fan. I kind of hate every movie he's made in the last <laughs> 10 years, like pretty, pretty vehemently. Um, I like Frank and Weenie. I thought it was harmless. And so I, I don't really count that as part of my my Tim Burton hate campaign. But uh, yeah, I, I I much more appreciate the fact that Henry Selleck made this. And I'm, I'm glad Burton gave him the cash and obviously the kind of the, the creative influence to, to make it happen. But I personally, I think Coraline is way better than Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, that's just me personally, because that one's very much purely kind of Henry Selleck, but it's kind of my two cents. Cool. Uh, Matt. Yeah. So just kind of like on a little side note, like just the, you know, like you always see around like Halloween time now, like the Jack Skellington, like pumpkins. How many of those do you see? Like, yeah. Everywhere you look now, you see those Jack Skellington pumpkins. And I'll tell you, before it was popular to carve those Jack Skellington pumpkins, the first contest I ever entered a pumpkin into, like a carving contest, was the Jack Skellington. And I drew, I did a portrait of him, and I actually won first place for that. So I was pretty proud about that. But back to nice. the, the animated thing, it was, uh, I, I mean, I liked it. Um, I remember, like, I th- I don't think I saw it when it first came out. But I think I saw it later on, and then you know I liked you know I liked the Tim Burton style. I liked be- it, that it was like you know the stop motion, and um, it, it just I don't know it, it's I like the style. I like I just like stop motion you know in general, and I think you know this compared to like Coraline, like I re- it, it just stylistically um, I, I really liked it. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of going off what you were saying, Tim, about uh, like how, how it's so like widely, like everybody loves it now. What's funny is that like when it was first released, Disney didn't even like kind of want to be associated with it because of how dark it was. And it was actually released under Touchstone Pictures instead of mm. their Walt Disney. But And then they kind of backtrack now with how well it's done since it's picked up its cult following and then become like this big thing and now whenever you see it release it'll say walt disney pictures presents instead of touchstone so that's kind of like a funny thing that like they kind of disney backtracked on what they thought of the film how and like after it became as successful it is and with all the merchandise they sell around this time of the year for halloween and then christmas so definitely it's that's kind of a funny thing that that like what happened with the film with that way but uh, I kind of so I'm interested to, for the next film to hear what Tim has to say too. Uh, the next film is Corpse Ride, that was another stop motion animated film <laughs> from Tim Burton, uh, with Johnny Depp as the voice of Victor and Helena Bottom Carter as the bride. You know what? I mean, 
I'm going to sound like I'm backing down on my opinion, but this is another one I consider kind of harmless. Um, whenever Burton does the animation, specifically stop motion, I'm, I would say I'm certainly more inclined to like it. Uh, that being said, I know I didn't like Corpus Bride that much, but I, again, I felt like it was kind of harmless. It didn't really, it wasn't like Alice in Wonderland for me where I just wanted to right. gouge my eyeballs out, you know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, this one's not, it's not bad. I just didn't really care for it all that much. So. Uh, and, and this was like another one Danny Elfman did the music for this. I liked the music a lot in this again as well too. It wasn't like as heavy on you know music numbers as Nightmare Before Christmas was, but it had a, a few in there. Uh, and then I think this was almost Tim Burton trying to kind of play with doing a black and white film, but not entirely, because the film is almost pretty devoid of almost all color except for like very light blues and there's like a green hair here or there, but. Like, there's really no other colors other than, like, light gray and blue and whatnot. I mean, that just might be Tim Burton in general. But, but yeah, I've, I I liked this film enough. It was, and I think this was the first film that Johnny Depp had done, like, a, a voice for. And, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I like Corpse Bride, but, like like you're saying, maybe, like, not as much as, uh, as Coraline or Nightmare for Christmas. And definitely not as much as Paranorman, but we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, same thing for me. Like, I like it, but it didn't like stand out for me, you know. So, definitely. let's move on to Coraline. All right, <laughs> Coraline, directed by Henry Selick, uh, and with a nice little cameo uh, by a stop motion version of Joe Ramped in the film, which I thought was was very cool. Uh, I I mean, I really liked this a lot. It was the first. Is the first Leica animated film, I believe, uh, and it was one of the first 3D animated movies I saw in theaters too. And I think the 3D really benefits Coraline and, and a bunch of different scenes that it uses it in, and it doesn't like you know go for the gimmicky kind of 3D at all. And I just like the the different dynamics between like the the other mother world and then you know like our world in it and I definitely like you're saying. I I like Henry Selick's, uh, I don't know, his his style in this just as much as as like I liked James and the Giant Peach when he did that as well. And I think this is a, a great movie to watch around this time of year too. So, what are your thoughts on it, Tim? Um, you know, it, it's one of those ones where again I said it's I hold it so much high and above kind of Nightmare Before Christmas that. Uh, I found it just incredibly refreshing to see this kind of unique and, in my opinion, just darkly beautiful and kind of poetic world that Henry Sully created. And uh, it, the, the film looks uh, astounding on Blu-ray. And I, I would tell everyone to pick that up if they haven't already. But, um, yeah, it, it actually it was in my top 10 of the year that year when it came out. Was that 2010? Is that what it was? I, I can't remember. A um, lot of love for Coraline. Though. I think it's I think it's a beautiful movie. Uh, 2009. 2009. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the imagery is just, uh, just you know, stunning um, for this film. And uh, when, I, when I remember when I first saw it, like I was just glued to it, and I wanted to watch it again. Um, you know, I remember when it came out. It came out um, before they had like a 3D version of it, and I had the anaglyph, um, not anaglyph, the the glass. I had the glasses for it, and uh, the I, I tried green ones. Yeah, and I tried, you know, watching it like that, and it, I just, I can't, I hate 3D movies, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I loved it, you know, uh, 
just watching it 2D. And I, I like you said, Tim, it's out on Blu-ray. It looks great right now. I really got to pick that up. I can't wait to see that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, the the Blu-ray I got for it has the 3D, but it was, it was before they released like you know like the 3D TV version of it on yeah. on Blu-ray. So it came with like those 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 glasses, and it since it's those colors, it just makes the movie look like crap. <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly. Because because it changes like the entire like color palette of the film, and it just I don't know, it's not watchable that way. Uh, but kind of from from going from there, we're gonna go to the the next like a film. I'm gonna come back to Wallace and Gromit in a second as uh, is so far my favorite animated film this year uh it's Paranorman and we, we talked about this a little bit before but I, I really enjoyed this film I liked the style for it I, I loved the how it harkened back to like zo- like zombie films and how it kind of like turned the zombie film on its head in different ways and like I, I liked what the message was about in the film and that it was able to do that and I, I know I just liked everything about this film, the style, the the way that they did the ghosts in it, and the humor. And the, that's the thing about that too is that like the humor that they did in this, where it's like I don't know, I guess quote unquote edgy enough where it's like cool for adults to watch the movie without a kid if they wanted to, but also like a kid can watch it and still laugh at things in it because I don't know, I just I loved the film and everything about it. What did you guys think about Paranorman? You guys are gonna kill me, but I have not seen it yet, and I know I know that's bad. It's just one of those things where I was busy when it came out, but I've heard nothing but good things about you know Paranorman. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, what was it? No, I think next month on Blu-ray. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's I, th- I think I am fast, at a blind but... buy it actually, because yeah, because of all the good things I've just heard from it. Very cool. I would definitely recommend blind buying this film. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, this was we actually had our Paranorman contest where you contacted uh, like a studio, right, Mark? Yeah. And they gave us like a kind of like a prize is like a prize package, and it had like all this stuff in there. So I mean, besides you know making Paranorman, like like a studio is just really good with their PR, you know. Yeah, and they did the those Nike foam posits where like they gave out eight hundred pairs of those and had people send in like weird photos of them as kids. So they, they did pretty cool things with like marketing like it was it's cool to be a weird kid and grow up to be a weird adult so (laughs) (laughs) i would agree with that of course so and kind of talking about like and henry selick right now and it's you know what henry selick didn't didn't direct paranorman paranorman was directed by sam fell and chris butler definitely if you have not seen paranorman yet go watch it right now uh, <laughs> right the <this> second. <laughs> yes. Pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Uh, and the last, or actually, it's not the last stop motion. Uh, the next stop motion film we're going to talk about is from Ardman Studios, directed by Nick Park, Wilson Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit. Uh, I, uh, this is a, like another film that has become one that I'll watch every Halloween now. Uh, it's It doesn't really, I mean, it's not really a Halloween film other than it's kind of, you know, got like the, the werewolf kind of mentality going for it and i really love anything kind of like with british humor and whatnot <laughs> like I, i've been watching i've watched the three seasons of misfits in the past like week nice. uh, i've and if you if no one's ever seen the tv show the inbetweeners the uk version not the crappy mtv one that's on tv right now check that out because i don't know I, I i must have been british in a past life or something because i i love everything british and like another 
favorite film of mine from this year is the Pirates Band of Misfits. Uh, totally awesome. And that yeah, one I've, heard, I've heard great things about that one too. And I actually got to meet Pete Lord at the screen for that, so that that was a, a cool thing to you know have for myself. But uh, yeah, I mean Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Rabbit. I remember this was on my my first year or second year of college, and I just loved everything about it. I like the, the claymation for this, where you can like see the fingerprints on on Wallace and Gromit, and I thought the different things that they did in this were pretty cool. And I I liked the playing on the, the werewolf thing where. Um, Wallace was becoming like this huge were rabbit, and where they changed like this one rabbit, so it was essentially becoming um, like a uh, humanoid version, humanoid rabbit version of Wallace. So it was cool to see all this stuff, and it's got a great voice cast in this as well. You got Ray Fiennes and Helen Bottom Carter, and what's kind of funny is the the cop in this. His name is PC Macintosh, and I always thought that. That was funny, and I'm pretty sure they did that on purpose to kind of play off the two different competing brands of computers. <laughs> uh, what did you? What have you guys think about Wall Scott? You know, I really like the the claymation and like the style of this. It's just you know, like not like saying anything bad to like uh, Coraline or Paranorman or anything like that, but they use like the rapid prototyped uh, faces now for facial blend shapes, and yeah. you know. I think it, it actually like loses a little bit and Wallace and Gromit like preserves that with their claymation style, you know, with the, just the way like their mouth forms and you see like that clay, like that it's actually being animated, you know, with an animator. And I, I really like um, all the Wallace and Gromit series and the Were-Rabbit in particular, it, I like it a lot. And um, I think it really, it just preserves a technique, you know? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of of the same mind. I I love the stop motion animation, and I wish, you know, I wish we would do more of it because I think a lot of people do see it as kind of a data technology, and you know, to be honest, it is obviously. But I think there's still that amazing purity of of like you guys mentioned, seeing the uh, you know, the fingerprints as you're moving them back and forth and stuff like that. Like that's you know, that's just not something we really see anymore with animation. And I would I would personally love to continue to see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I actually even have like Halloween decorations for the from the Were Rabbit that I that I put out every time around this time of year, which is, uh, and this this is another movie they they need to put on Blu-ray too. It's only on DVD right now, and I, actually almost all of Ardman's films are only on DVD, and I wish they would put some about on Blu-ray like Chicken Run and and this, and I I do believe they have the older Wallace and Gromit shorts on Blu-ray, so that's cool. But they need to get this on Blu-ray right now. Agreed. Uh, and from Wallace and Gromit, we're going to head back to Tim Burton with Frankenweenie. And, uh, and I saw this a few weeks ago. I, I liked the, how the 3D kind of played in it, but again, that's I don't think it's it really needed 3D at all. Almost all the 3D films that have come out recently don't really need 3D in them whatsoever, <laughs> but they put it there so you get the added ticket price. Uh, and I would... I wish that this was doing better in theaters because it's. I wish it was doing better than Hotel Transylvania, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, and I know why it's not doing do doing as well as Hotel Transylvania. It's in black and white, and it's stop motion, and the, the popular popular thing now is CG and color. <laughs> but because I I remember even when my son saw the trailer for Frankie, when he's like, Dad, why does it need to be in black and white? I was like, that's they shot it that way. 
You but, need to tell him black and white is right, and that's what he should be loving. I mean, I, the black. I don't think it could have been done in color because the the black and white adds to like what it's trying to do and pay homage to, mm-hmm. you know, the classic monster films. And, I mean, think if they had done it in color, like the same way like Young Frankenstein by Mel Brooks. If they had done that in color, I don't think that would have been would have worked as well either. But yeah, I, I liked Frank and Weenie a lot. We talked about this a bit a week or two ago, but. Uh, we and Matt and I uh, debated Bambi, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Frank and we. I think it's 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 cool to see kind of Tim Burton to go back to like something he actually loves, and he's not. This is kind of ad- adapting, I guess, off existing characters, and that it's like paying homage to Frankenstein and Dracula. But it, it's good to see him go back to something that's not an adaptation of something, and something that he created originally. And isn't just, you know, like another thing that he's adapting, you know? Yeah, like like I mentioned a minute ago, I, I think that Frank and Winnie is, is harmless. And I saw it at Fantastic Fest back in September. It was uh, an odd choice for the an opening of a mostly genre film festival. But you know what? It was cool and it, it was fun. They had Martin Lando there and uh, as well as, of course, Tim Burton, Winona Ryder and those people. And um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of a fun way to start the festival off. And I in general, I did completely like it, you know, when I when I saw it and I thought it was really cool. But uh, it, when all was said and done, I walked away and I, I didn't really take that much away from it. And the more I kind of thought about it, actually, the less I liked some of it. And, um, I mentioned this on my podcast, but the, uh, the one thing I didn't really like uh, that Tim Burton said inside the film Q and a, that I think I just, it, it does nothing but kind of fuel my hate for a lot of his more recent movies is, um, in Frank and Winnie, there's a ton of references, obviously to the universal monsters and stuff like that. And it, I, as far as I knew, they were completely intentional and, oh, you know, he, he added this because, you know, Frankenstein was his favorite and stuff like that. So somebody in the crowd asked him during the Q&A kind of, you know, oh, you know, what's what's the, the the meaning behind all this stuff? And he basically was just kind of like, oh, you know, I just thought it was cool. And I, I, <laughs> I got kind of disappointed because I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be like a fun, you know, heartwarming story about why you added, you know, Boris Karloff as a child inside this. And yeah, no, there was nothing. And so I was just kind of disappointed by it. I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, and then like there's even like a a scene in it where their uh Victor's parents are watching the the Christopher Lee Dracula on TV yep. too. And I remember I saw something where he thought it would be f- funny to have like the only live action thing in the film to be that. But yeah, I mean, and then there is there is things in it that like like you're saying like now if I do reflect back on it like I kind of like the movie a little bit less, but but not so much as as Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> What did you think about Frank and Winnie, Matt? I don't remember what you had to say about it. I, I actually watched it during a, a sensitive uh, time when my uh, my actual girlfriend's dog had passed away. So oh. it was like the day the day after that happened, we went there, and I totally forgot like the context of the film. So during the film, I was kind of like, oh, oh god. <laughs> so, but but uh, it, I, I mean, I liked it, um, and uh, I, I like how they went there, you know, with the black and white. And it's just, you don't, you never see that anymore. Never. So I, I like, I really like the fact that it's black and white. And to get like imagery to look good in black and white, you have to be like, you know, on top of your game with lighting. And I, I really enjoyed the lighting in this film. And uh, it, for all of, you, all of you who don't know, I actually do that for a living. So. Right. <clears throat> And then we're, we're going to get to the, the least liked of, of all the films we've talked about today to the last and also least uh, Hotel Transylvania. 
Uh, and this kind of plays off some of the, the same mentalities as Frank and Weenie, where it's paying homage to established uh, monster characters that we, we know of, like Frankenstein and Dracula and Werewolf and Invisible Man and whatnot, but like putting a new spin on it. And I almost feel like this should have been, you know, like how there's the Happy Madison production company. I feel mm-hmm. like this one should have like been called like uh, Animated Madison because they did one Harry or scary movie, a Harry movie, <laughs> scary movie called, and they had it called Scary Madison Productions. But yeah, like with everybody that was involved with this, because you had Adam Sandler. Uh, I did everybody else's name just to escape my mind. Uh, Andy Samberg was yeah, in this. Andy Samberg, David Spade, uh, the hell, the King of this whole posse of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin James. I don't. Uh, Kevin James was in it. And Steve uh, don't apologize for forgetting Kevin James's name. That's it. <laughs> no here, problem. Man. Here comes the boom. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I, there's stuff I liked about it. I liked the way the characters were, were stylized because of that Tarkovsky influence on the film. But it didn't feel as much like a film that he did, like, or had anything to do with other than he was, like, a director for hire for it. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, and a lot of this, the things that happen in the movie almost feel like it's a horror version of Finding Nemo at, at some points. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, there—it's not like a completely bad film, but the there's things in it that are re, are redeeming to it and whatnot, and there is some pretty beautiful animation in it. I actually got got a copy of the the art and making of the movie, and that I actually that book I actually enjoy more than the movie itself because it's cool to see like how some of the stuff was stylized and eventually put into the film because originally, like Dracula looked way more like Dracula, like we we would think he would look like and less like adam sandler but it's it's cool to see the progression of like these different things in there and uh i definitely if you were going to watch hotel Transylvania, i would wait until uh, netflix instant or uh, red box or dvd or what whatnot so that is our show for today uh don't forget you guys can follow us individually on twitter i'm at mark vibbert M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. I'm at Questpact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. Uh, where can they find you, Tim? Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter if you'd like, at Tim Buell, just my name, T-I-M-B-U-E-L. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out my podcast, we uh, broadcast live every week at firstshowing.net. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, like I said before, it's a great podcast to listen to if you're into movies. It's, Thank you. You feel like you're having a conversation with you guys when you're when you're listening to it so that's yeah, what it's what we aim to do so i'm, I'm glad it's working <laughs> uh and yeah, i mean to kind of go off that i've tried to i kind of re, try to resemble your podcast and trying to make it as good as your podcast with with our show so def, thank you for influencing what we, we try to do on here i don't <laughs> th- i don't think we get to the quality but we're trying hey, you guys are too kind seriously no thank <laughs> you but yeah i mean we, we we always want to try to you know do our best to make sure we're giving the best podcast we can. So yeah, if, if that's inspiring other people, it's just, it's just hard work. That's all. That's all you got to do. <laughs> so keep it up. Uh, and then also, if you guys want to follow our, our podcast on Twitter, you you can follow us at animated podcast. Uh, you feel free to email us at animation fascination podcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at animation fascination wordpress.com. And just to, to round everything out, you can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. So I'm Mark Vibbert. For myself, Matt Quest, and our guest host, Tim Buell, thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. 
trick or treat. Thanks a lot, guys. That was really fun. There are two turkeys from opposite sides of the tracks. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm allergic to Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, well, I gave you my thoughts in that sneeze. Um, <laughs> but. Will do. Oops. Edit.